Hello, hockey fans. It is Wednesday, February 6, 2019, and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report, part of the Rocket Sports Radio and Rocket Sports Media Group. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the league correspondent here at the AHL Report, and of course, I am joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the one and only editor-in-chief and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. How are things uh, in your neck of the woods? They are pretty good, thank you. We're so glad you could join us today. Always glad to join you and and, uh, be prompt and and ready to go. (laughs) As you always are. No, it's good here. It's um, it's balmy here. It's been, I'm speaking in Fahrenheit now. It's been in the 50s and pushing 60 here uh, this week, which is um, it's a bit alarming, but it feels quite nice. Um, but I know it's going to go away. So, but Punxsutawney Phil did say we're going to have an early spring. And Wyerton Willie. Uh, um had said it first, so I think Phil was just kind of copying what what uh, Willie was, the albino uh, soothsayer and um, weather predictor had said. Um, if we're going to talk about who's ripping off whom, I'm sorry, but <laughs> Willie, I think, is a gigantic ripoff of Mr. Phil. Well, what do you have to say about Shuba Kennedy Sam? Uh, he's, he's, he's always been kind of out to lunch. No, it's the guy in, I, and I don't remember his name in Alberta. Who's who's got a, a bit better track record? The 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 two um, um, groundhogs mid country have what is it thirty seven percent accuracy in their predictions? Mm, yeah, something like that. And they like almost that. never, almost never uh, predict an early spring. It's pretty rare they. No. But both of them this year. And sure enough, it feels like spring already, but it's well, not going it, to last it that feels, long. feels like spring for you, so you should dive on into National Frozen Yogurt Day um, today. People, if you're going to eat a frozen dairy treat, just make it ice cream. I'm sorry, you Froyo types. I'm, I apologize to all of the Froyo lovers, <laughs> but... Come, there has to be a limit. But have if you're going to have a day, if you're going to have a day, let, oh, let's figure out when to have our frozen yogurt day. Why would you? Why would you make it February the sixth? Well, Is that like, the best day you can think of to have frozen yogurt? Like I don't, I don't get it. Maybe it's because sales are way down on February sixth, and so they need they need something to boost the revenue. Hmm. But I'm sorry, if you're going to have a delicious frozen dairy concoction, mm-hmm. just make it ice cream. Mm-hmm. Just make it ice cream. So that's I what agree. you got for me today? Fro- Froyo Day? Well, otherwise it's National Lame Duck Day. I don't even know what that means. Or National Girl and Women in Sports Day. I don't, I don't know why we need Froyo it is. <laughs> and tomorrow, uh, National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. So, oh, um, no way. Yeah. Come on. Stop it. You're kidding me. 
and and national periodic yep. table day. So I have a day and and a reason to celebrate, and you have a day. No, that's weird. Okay, so I'm yes, I'm one of those people. Like I need in order to do my, I, I don't like to go to the grocery store every day of the week like some people do. Like I like to plan my meals for the week and do one round of grocery shopping. And on my list for this week and my meal planning of what I'm cooking for dinner all week. Um, actually, I think it was supposed to be today. I had chicken and broccoli Alfredo, fettuccine Alfredo, written down hmm. on the Alfredo. Unfortunately, my grocery store was out of uh, one of the ingredients that I needed, so I won't be making it this week. Um, but that would have been very weird. Because I haven't made it in like a couple of months. And so to make it suddenly on the day of the National Alfredo Wing, that would have been a little weird. Did you know that it, it, it was actually named after a guy named Alfredo? Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> Alfredo di Lelio. Do not ruin tour. the most delicious fattening Italian dish you can possibly come up with. <laughs> well, and, and the reason he created it was that um, his wife had given birth and and had lost her appetite. Um, oh. Completely lost her appetite. So he created this, this so she didn't want, like, special meal for noodles and cheese and butter and, and all that. And um, oh. she loved it and ate it every day for the rest of her life. Those are like you know, three... I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but those nice three story. words, you string them that noodles and cheese and butter. Oh. Mm. How, why, where are the snacks? Why do you do this? You always do this. Now I'm hungry. As I'm sucking on a, on a sore throat lozenge here. You sound like you have um, recovered from whatever... Uh, your friends at the all-star game <laughs> passed along to you. Yes. To the, my seatmate at the, at the all-star game. Yeah. That guy, that, that guy. guy. No. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm mostly better. Thank you very much for asking. Well, that's good. We were, uh, we have a whole pile of uh, concerned fan mail here. Great. <laughs> if they we have time in the show. Yeah. We'll we'll read some of them out loud, you know. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> so, uh, in addition to reading the fan mail, what else is coming up in the show today? <laughs> well, we're going to spend a little bit of time, actually a decent amount of time talking about the Laval Rocket today. Um, after the All-Star break, uh, they had two games back on the road again, both in Toronto, so rivalry game, divisional game. Two games back-to-back Friday, Saturday last week. We're going to talk about how those went. We're going to talk a little bit about some roster movement. Uh, There was some goalie shuffling last week. There was some NHL defenseman shuffling last week. There was some ECHL shuffling last week. So we're going to just talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about uh, the update that's finally come out on Noah Juleson as far as his injury um, and just kind of talk about that 
scenario a little bit. Uh, we're also going to talk about a new community initiative that uh, Laval just kicked off this week, uh, which um, is a really great idea. It sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be pretty fun for members of the Laval community. Uh, it was something that we had had a chance to, to speak a little bit with Mark Waitman about as well. So we're going to talk about that. And then in the second segment, we're going to uh, just discuss the AHL's Player of the Week, as well as the January Players of the Month. Um, There was a trade uh, at the AHL level that just went down uh, very recently, as well as a suspension. Um, uh, There were a couple of suspensions in the last week. The one that we're going to talk about in particular uh, came with some pretty – came off of a really nasty hit and uh, off of that, we're going to talk about some, some physicality going on just in the general hockey world. Uh, and after we discuss all of that, we're going to take a look at what's up ahead this week for the rocket sports media team before we sign off. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Laval. Rick, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back. I'm gonna take you back to a uh, week before the All Star break, and Laval <clears throat> had finished the a series at home, in which they lost on that last game at home, and then they went on the road and miraculously pulled out a win against Springfield. Then they had almost they had the rest of the week off from playing games, it practiced on the road for the rest of the week. And then they played in Lehigh Valley and Hershey back-to-back nights. And they lost horribly, especially the Saturday night game against Hershey. It was just a debacle. And then they went on the all-star break. Not a great way to go on the all-star break, but others might say perhaps good timing uh, that they needed to regroup. So <clears throat> they come off the all-star break. They don't play all week. Um, they head head back out on the road to Toronto to play a Friday, Saturday, back to back this past weekend. Keeping in mind, of course, uh, Michael McNiven had, was called up to back up Antti Niemi because uh, Carey Price needed to serve his one game suspension for not being in attendance at the NHL All-Star game. So that left uh, a, Charlie Lingren and Connor LaCouve tandem for the two games uh, in Toronto. Then it was revealed on the day of the Friday game that Xavier Ouellette was being sent back to Montreal for the weekend because he had such a bad virus. I guess they didn't want him anywhere near the team. (laughs) They sent him back to Montreal. So he was going to be out for the weekend. Um, And so heading into that Friday game, if you took a look at the Laval roster, of not only who they had with them on the road, but just who in general would be available to play. They were, there's nobody there. There was, I think one extra defenseman and no extra forwards. Um, And we're talking bare, bare bones. There, there, there is depth is gone. Um, And so they went into Toronto and Toronto's been on a bit of a streak. Um, 6-2, 1-1 in their their last 10 games as of today. Um, Michael Hutchinson's, you know, starting to settle in there as well. Michael, uh, sorry, Charlie Lindgren played on Friday night 
and uh, Laval ended up losing. They'd managed to get a point, but they but they had their sustain their third consecutive loss, uh, losing one to nothing in overtime to Toronto. Turned around the next day, Connor Lacouvet in between the pipes, um, and they had called uh, defenseman Ryan Culkin up from from the ECHL and promptly shut out once again, three to nothing this time. So fourth consecutive loss, second shutout in as many nights against a division rival. They went 0 for 6 on the power play over the course of those two games, and that brought them to only winning one game in their last six. So I think, is it an understatement to say it didn't go well last weekend? Uh, It didn't go well. And um, for a team that was, um, you know, within striking distance of the Marlies, um, when we last uh, looked at them, they are now um, nine eight points, nine points back um, of the Marlies and uh, with uh, quite a number of teams in between them. Um, you know, we kind of hinted at the fact that, that uh, Laval has not been, not been good on the road this season. Um, in fact, they have the, the worst road record in their division. Mm-hmm. Um, just 14 points earned on the road uh, this season. Um What's what's been helping them is they have a a very good uh, home record, um, second second best home record in the division. Uh, Thirty two of their points have been earned uh, at home. Uh, but um, we kind of warned everybody that uh, um, nine of their twelve games in February, as uh, they played a. a a pretty home heavy schedule up to this point. I think they have played five more home games than, than on the road. And mm. um, to balance that out, February uh, sees them on the road for uh, nine games, just three games at home. So um, they're going to have to start playing better on the road, uh, but it didn't get off to a good start dropping both uh, contests in, um, in Toronto and, uh, and, and without, uh, you know, yes, shots fired, but but no goals were scored uh, in those uh, uh, two games. And for a team that's been having trouble scoring goals all season long, that's not a very good sign at all. Well, and my goodness, that first game on Friday night after coming off the All-Star break, Laval had four shots on goal in the first period, seven in the second, and four in the third, none in overtime for a total of 15 shots on goal in the entire game. This is a team that usually shoots way too much and none of it's dangerous. Uh, this, this was just, there was nothing there, just nothing there yeah. at, at all. And and uh, the Marlies had 37 shots, so that the only mm-hmm. reason they got to overtime, the only reason that they salvaged a point out of the the whole deal was was Charlie Lindgren. Absolutely, um, Charlie was, Lindgren was uh, lights out. Yeah, he was superb and and carried his team to to overtime, um, but uh, but but couldn't um, uh, get the win and and in fact the um the winning goal came on a um a power play while um uh, Dan Odette was uh, off for for high sticking. Mhm. 
Yeah, it was um, was a little ugly, to say the least. And as you say, it's not going to get easier for them on the road. Um, They spend most of the month, as you said, of February on the road and most of it against division rivals. And so at this point, every game counts. In fact, since then, uh, a lot of the teams in the division – Played. There were some that played Sunday. There were uh, there were some games last night as well, uh, on Tuesday night, which was which was different. And there are teams playing tonight as well. Uh, typical Wednesday night games, which Laval does not play tonight. Um, and so right now, where it stands, Laval is back in last place in the North Division with only 46 points. Now Binghamton, Belleville, and Cleveland all sit ahead of them with just one point ahead of them at 47. Then Utica is sitting in that number four position up at 53 points, and the Marlies have extended their lead up to third place with 55. So um, it's, it's, it's go time for Laval. Uh, I think you had mentioned uh, right around New Year's that in order for them to even, you know, when, when they were in the middle of, of that really good home run <clears throat> and they were, excuse me, and they were, starting to rack up points and starting to move up the standings and things. I think you had, you had mentioned that they were going to need to play at at least a 600 level uh, in order to have a shot at continue at, at making the playoffs. And they're definitely not doing that right now. Their, their winning percentage is a 0.489 right now. Um, That kind of record and that kind of, that kind of playing is just not going (laughs) to, I know there's a lot of people that are, crossing their fingers that maybe there's going to be some magic happen that happens with the big club. There's a shot Laval. I think it's a lot less likely. Yeah. They had uh, with a bit of a run in January, they had brought their, their winning percentage over 500. It's as you said, um, back to 489. And that's, that's good only for 26th in, uh, in the league. And uh, that's nowhere near uh, uh, being, uh, in playoff contention. So uh, things have to change rather dramatically and they're going to have to change rather dramatically on the road. And uh, special teams has uh, once again, started to suffer. Uh, you know, Bouchard had talked so much about how Xavier Ouellette has been such a, a, a spark plug on the power play and, and things, you know, that he's really helping out on special teams and being a leader with the team and whatnot. Well, with him out this weekend, um, as I said, they went 0 for 6 in the, on the weekend on the power play. They gave up two power play goals against. Um, right now, well, going into Saturday's game, their power play is ranked 20th in the league and the PK 27th. Um, so special teams is still really struggling. Um, and if that doesn't get better uh, pretty rapidly, it's not going to be easy for them either. And I know there's lots of excuses, lots and lots and lots of excuses, particularly the one that's that's untrue, uh, but one keeps getting used about uh, being a young uh, squad. Um, Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it was it was interesting. um, uh, An uh, article by Matt Larkin uh, in the Hockey News that that you pointed my attention to and and they talked about the Marlies who have been, uh, you know, the Marlies have struggled uh, at times this season, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's part of, of uh, their, their issue was, was uh, goaltending. And that was 
caused by, um, you know, losing a, a couple of guys that were supposed to um, man the nets for them um, uh, to waivers uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, but uh, they've, um, they've continued to move up the standings despite the fact that they just lost a, a pretty uh, important piece uh, to their lineup, the, um, Carl Grundstrom, um, who was key last year in their Calder Cup run, who was uh, one of their best players uh, this year and, and one of the top four prospects for the, for the Leafs. And he was uh, sent off to Los Angeles in the Muzzin trade. Um, and there, there was, there's no real replacement because um, Muzzin goes to help the, the Leafs, but uh, nothing comes back to help um, the AHL and, and they lose one of their top contributors. And, and it was likened to, um, you know, um, not, not too dissimilar from, from last season um, when uh, during their, their Calder cup run, the Marlies lost um, two big players in Renat Valley of, and uh, Kirby Reichel uh, that were mm-hmm. involved in the Thomas, Thomas Placanitz trade Placanitz, um, you know, went to, to help the Leafs, but um, it was, it was a huge hole left. Um, and, uh, you know, Sheldon O'Keefe had to, had to manage and, and uh, manage his roster. And, and uh, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if he complains as much as the complaints we've heard, but, but uh, he found a way to be, uh, successful despite uh, the challenges that are common, very common um, in AHL lineups. And it's something that's going to continue to happen as the season goes on. Um, you know, whether it's injuries just from bodies wearing down with, with the grind as the, as the season goes on, whether it's injuries due to physicality ramping up as, as teams start to go into the playoff push whether it's call-ups to the Canadians, um, it's it's an issue that's going to be present. It's present in every AHL team. It's going to continue to be a presence. Um, and so, yeah, uh, they have to. I had I had made a comment to you. Bef- I think um, the day before they called Ryan Culkin up, and when I when I had mentioned um, that the roster for Friday was. That was that's that was those were the only players that were available were basically the guys on the ice and one extra defenseman I think, um, and I said, where are all of the ECHL call-ups? Like why are they not? Well, I had said why are they not signing PTOs? And you countered with and why are they not recalling the guys that they sent down to the ECHL? Uh, and sure enough, they called up Culkin the next day, but Culkin's not enough. I mean, you've got no forward depth. Um, like I, you know. There needs to be a little bit of something. Find some PTOs. Do something to get guys practicing with the team and 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 getting some chemistry and getting acquainted now, so that when you have to use them, they're ready. Well, Joel Bouchard has had the luxury of having um, seven NHL. Uh, seven defensemen with NHL experience sent down to his lineup this season. Uh, mm-hmm. So perhaps he's, he's, you know, just above <laughs> getting, getting uh, substitutes from the ECHL. I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know either. Carl Osner, of course, in order to make room for Michael McNiven, uh, who had to come up to back up for Antoniami, uh, that meant too many guys on the roster for the Canadians. So he was basically a paper transaction. He was quote unquote sent down to Laval, but he never actually uh, went to Toronto for the weekend. He stayed in Montreal and was recalled again immediately uh, after the game uh, when McNiven was sent back down. Speaking of defensemen, um, one piece of the puzzle that the Canadians and the Rocket have been without for quite a quite some time now, since um, since the end of December, to be exact, um, is Noah Jolson. And and you know, Rick, there's just been this big mysterious question mark cloud over over the invisible head of Noah Jolson of what is the injury and what's going on. I mean, it's been it's been a month and a half, um, and it you know. I know that you and uh, Joe Whalen talked about this a bit on uh, Canadians connection last Saturday. Um, you know, the big theme for the Canadians last year was that transparent, you know, with, with the new regime of, of communications people uh, that were coming in to head up things with the Canadians, that transparency was going to be uh, an issue that was addressed, but my goodness, um, Noah Jolson, no updates, no updates, no updates, no updates. Uh, can't even tell you what the injury is. Can't tell you. It's, it's sensitive. It needs to be reevaluated. It's, which just led to, it's been leading to piles of speculation that it's a concussion, that it's, um, and so it, it forces hands of, of certain members of the media and, and the French media went out and, and talked to Noah Julson's agent and and sure, it comes out, oh, it's an eye injury, that his vision is affected. Um, remember, he took those uh, couple of pucks to the face while playing for the Canadians. Um, and so now, of course, yes, now the Canadians have had to come. It's forced their hand. They've had to come out and say, okay, yes, we're not going to say anything more than that at this time. Um, we do expect him to make a full recovery. Uh, but, yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an eye injury. I just, I, I don't, it's frustrating. Yeah. Did they not learn it, with Terry Bright? <laughs> well, and, and that was something that was addressed at the end of um, season press conference with uh, Jeff Molson and Mark Bergevin, that the organization was going to be more transparent so that they didn't um, mislead um, as they did in the, the Carey Price um information or, or misinformation mm-hmm. um, and uh, that they were going to be more uh, trans wh- where they could, um, you know, when, when, when they weren't going to be sure. um, exposing their player to, to uh, targeting or, or whatever it might be um, in this since, since that's happened, particularly with the Laval rocket, there's been very, very little information on, on injuries, um, and yeah. as you said, specifically with Noah Jolson, um, and uh, the information came out, and and as you said, the, the Canadians kind of uh, they were late to the party and and looked foolish in in having to respond to something that was already out um, from the agent and and said that he's out indefinitely with um, a vision related issue, and and uh, you know it it it's obviously serious and it's something that uh the media the french media reported could be potentially career career threatening and 
And so you feel for um, um, the player, the prospect, Absolutely. Uh, his future. Um, He's and, way too even, young. Even that very, very brief statement that they put out, um, um, I found very odd in that it said that out of respect to the player, um, the, the Canadians would have no further comment. Um, that's very odd when, because, because normally it's something that's, uh, when there's an injury, a, a, a regular injury, um, you know, it's, it's updated from week to week or time to time to, to say, oh, progressing well. And, and, uh, but putting that piece at the end, uh, raise the antenna of almost everybody saying, oh my goodness, it must be serious if right. they're adding that piece to it. Um, right. So uh, they, they kind of came out to, to respond to, uh, to the French media and the agent's uh, statement, uh, but I think they only made it worse. And if, if they, you know, we understand it doesn't need to be full disclosure on every injury we as you say we understand that there's that there's times and situations where you need to protect the player uh by only disclosing a little bit but when it's just constant mystery and no we don't have an update no we don't have an update like not even to say he's day to day he's week to week uh it's upper body it's lower body um it's like there's nothing when it's just there's no updates but he's going to be out for a while there's no updates. He's going to be out for, oh, it's, it's an injury that has to be reevaluated often. Well, like, if you don't want, if, if you want to ensure that you make something the topic of manic Twitter speculation, then be as vague about it as you possibly can. And, and say, <laughs> don't ask about it. <laughs> exa- well, Exactly. And that's, and that's, and that's precisely the, the circus that they created until the agent obviously was probably either hearing from the player or the agent was just sick of seeing all the speculation and said, yeah, I'll I'll agree to do a media interview and just put this to bed. Um, And that's not how this is supposed to work with injuries. Um, You know, it's the team's responsibility to keep the media and the public reasonably updated and informed. Um, That being said, our sincerest, uh, get well wishes for Noah Jolson. I, I sincerely hope he makes a full recovery, and I sincerely hope this this does not affect his career. Uh, he is a very um, has a very bright hockey future ahead of him. He's 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 a young player with a lot of potential, and uh, would certainly hate to see his career get cut short because of a couple of pucks to the face. Um, just really hope he's uh, he's well and and makes a full recovery. With that being said, the one thing I do, um, moving away from the game on the ice for just a moment, just want to talk a little bit before we head to our first um, commercial break here, uh, a program that we actually, uh, if you head over to AHL.Report, we, we just published a press release about this, uh, so you can read all about it over at the AHL Report. Um, the Laval Rocket have, you know, most most hockey teams, Rick, of course, do various kinds of community initiatives to to also be a, a presence and give back in their local communities. And and the Rocket are are, you know, it's their sophomore season, so they're starting to kind of, you know, 
have a presence and, and settle in and, and they're coming up with, with new ways of getting involved in the communities around them. Uh, and so they've kicked off this week a new program called Read for Fun with the Rocket. Um, uh, they kicked it off at a Laval Elementary School this week. And basically it's, they're going to go from time to time and take three or four players with them. And they're going to go into an elementary school and the players are going to speak to the kids about um, what it was like for them when they were kids uh, reading, you know, what their favorite books were and, and why they enjoyed reading and things like that. Um, and then one of the players will uh, read aloud the hockey sweater to the students that are gathered. And then after that, they're going to play, uh, the, the players are going to play a ball hockey game with students. And I believe, um, Rick, I think, I think Mark Waitman had also mentioned that the, the guys will, will also play a little ball hockey against the teachers as well, which would probably be very entertaining to watch. <laughs> For sure. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a great idea. And um, it's, it's, um, the the team um, building an identity and creating a connection with their own community, with their local community. And, um, you know, we, we talked about um, when the move happened um, from St. John's to Laval, everybody said, oh, it's, you know, there's only good things that can happen. There's only good ramifications of having your AHL affiliate right next door, right, right in the, right in the, the city. And um, that's true. However, um, the, the NHL club, the Canadians, um, they just cast such a large shadow. They, 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 they literally overshadow uh, Lavelle and, you know, the, the players, a uh, 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 Max Domi, a bigger than life, Max Domi or a Carey Price or, a uh, Shea Weber, um, you know, uh, holds some sort of uh, mystique for 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 fans um, that that isn't the same as as uh, Lucas Vedemo or or Alexander Grenier or um, and and it's up to the club to to make that connection and and one of the the very smart ways of doing that um, that the club has come up with is going into the schools and doing a, 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 a read along program um, so that, so that um, the, not only do the, the students appreciate the, uh, get an appreciation of, of reading and how it is, how important it is uh, to them, but, but make that connection with, with the players and the team. And, and I think it's, um, it's, it's a great idea. We've seen it, um, other places, uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, do something very similar in the Allentown area, and and um, uh, having it in Laval um, is is a great way to connect with with that community. Well, and I um, I for one can certainly get fully fully behind the fact that it's a literacy and reading program. I'm self proclaimed uh, bookworm. I started reading little golden books when I was three years old. So as my mom likes to tell everyone, um, you know, reading is so important uh, at all ages, but particularly at, at the elementary age. Um, and so to have role models like the guys in the Laval Rocket connecting with elementary age uh, students 
and showing them that reading is cool um, and reading is fun and that they have favorite books that they like to read when they were kids, I think is a great way to encourage kids to read. Um, and who doesn't love to hear the hockey sweater? I mean, that's a, you know, it's an iconic. Great book. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. It's a great book. And so to hear the hockey sweater read by a hockey player, um, that would be, that'd be, that would be pretty, pretty special. But I kind of, you know, I kind of like slip into the back of one of these assemblies and, and <laughs> check that out. It would be great. Um, but we actually uh, had spoken a little bit about, about this with Mark Waitman, the uh, vice president of um now, hold on. I want to get it. I want to get his title right. Um, he is the Rocket and Plas Bell's vice president of development and operations. And uh, we had caught up with him. He was at the All-Star Game festivities in Springfield last week. Um, and if you missed it, uh, be sure to go to the AHL.Report website or our Twitter account at the AHL report. Uh, we have an exclusive one-on-one video uh, video interview with Mark Waitman, uh, just talking about his impressions of the all-star weekend um, and, and how he feels uh, Laval and Placeville are performing in their sophomore season and, and what new things that they've got in store for fans. And it's, it's a really, it's a really fun uh, interview that you'll only see on the AHL report. So be sure to check that out. Um, and while we were chit-chatting with, with uh, Mark after the, after the interview, uh, we had discussed this program and he's really enthusiastic about this. Um, and it's great to see um, management of Placeville and, and Laval just, so excited about a program that's going to help kids uh, do good things for the community and, and will likely be something that sticks with the players as well. And a a really nice aspect of it was, um, was providing that opportunity for transference um, so that, that yes, the players are role models while they're in the classroom, but the interaction with the teachers and particularly the, um, the uh, uh, ball hockey game um, would would give that transference so that then the the teachers could carry on that that program um, when the uh, when the hockey players aren't there. Um, it was uh, a, a really nice nice component of it and uh, well thought out, well planned, and uh, and we'll see the execution over the next few months. Absolutely. So be sure to, to hop over to the website, AHL.Report. Check out the press release. There's a couple of photos from uh, the inaugural uh, program that took place. Uh, it was Alex Belzeal, all-star Alex Belzeal uh, was there, as well as Alexandra Lan, Maxime Lamarche, and Alexandra Grenier was the one who, who read uh, the hockey sweater this time. So there's some photos of that. Cosmo was on hand, of course, uh, bringing all the fun. Uh, so check that out on our site. Uh, as well as the uh, exclusive interview with Mark Waitman. In addition, uh, don't forget to check the uh, video around the AHL Hall of Fame induction. Again, an exclusive interview that you will only see on the AHL report interviewing AHL president and CEO Dave Andrews, as well as Tim Cherry, uh, who is Don Cherry's son, who was uh, in attendance to uh, accept his award uh, for being a 2019 Hall of Fame inductee uh, on behalf of his dad. Um, so you don't want to miss those interviews as well. Again, you won't see those interviews anywhere else. Those were exclusive one-on-one interviews with uh, the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. And so you'll want to check that out as well. And if you watched uh, Coach's Corner um, 
on the weekend, you would see, you would have heard how important the um, uh, AHL uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction was to Don Cherry and uh, Tim Cherry in the the interview that we had uh, with him um, communicated uh, much of that. So uh, you'll want to you'll want to check out that interview. For sure. Right now, what we are going to do is we are going to step aside for just one quick break while you uh, while we send some commercials your way. Don't go anywhere. We're not going to be gone that long. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and uh, talk about some award winners uh, that have, have been announced uh, this week from the league, as well as some uh, trades and some suspensions. So we will be right back after this brief message. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. We've got awards, awards, and more awards to talk about today, Rick. All right. Some for me? Well, sure. Um, oh, good, 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 good. You, I, it's, you know, uh, I think they're uh, engraving the trophy now. So once, <laughs> once, that's, um, oh, okay. once that's finished, we'll I'll be next able week? to. Yeah, may, yeah, 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 yeah. We, you right. know, we got to let, let's let the players have the spotlight a little bit this week. Um, Great. We're going to kick off with uh, the CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, and that goes to a name that's pretty familiar to uh, AHL fans in the Eastern Conference. It's Syracuse Crunch forward Carter Verhage. Um, he had two goals and four assists, along with a plus-six rating two games last week. Uh, so that's back-to-back three-point games, giving him ten points in his last three games with Syracuse. Um, so that's Pretty impressive. Uh, He's up to second now in the um, in the scoring race, uh, just behind Dan Carr. Hmm. Hey, did we tell people that we talked to Dan Carr at the All Star Game too? Dan Carr, uh, Chris Terry. Um, you should look up that that video as well. Again, another um, exclusive interview that you will only see on the AHL Report. Those were one on ones, and Mackenzie Blackwood, who was. Uh, now called up to the New Jersey Devils again. As playing very well and happens to be born in my hometown. So we used our local connections to, <laughs> to talk to him. <laughs> From uh, Thunder Bay. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, um, 
So but uh, go to uh, the, the the YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube. Um, if yeah, you can go to AHL uh, dot report and find all of this. Uh, but you should also go to YouTube and and search for our All Habs account, and and you'll find all of these uh, there. And be sure to subscribe so you uh, also get access to any new videos and interviews mm-hmm. that we post. There are a majority of the time that we post videos. You can tell this is this is for everyone's general knowledge and to share with your friends. Many of the times that we post videos, the videos that we post are interviews that are exclusive and one-on-one. Um, so they are they are quotes and interviews that you're not going to see or hear or have heard anywhere else out on the interwebs or in social media or anything else. Um, because many of the times, the interviews that are contained in those videos. We're just us, the Rocket Sports Media team, and the people that we're interviewing. So you don't really want, you never want to miss a notification when we put a new video up because the likelihood that it's an exclusive, um, which is which is pretty fun for our fans and followers, um, that that a lot of other people aren't doing. Uh, you don't want to miss out on those. So in addition to the player of the week, it's now February. So that means that the league named their monthly award winners for January. And there's some names that we're familiar with there as well. Um, The CCM AHL player of the month is Hershey Bears forward Riley Barber. Tallying seven goals and seven assists in 10 games for Hershey during January. Um, That's that's a pretty nice uh, little compilation of points there. Um, the CCM AHL Rookie of the Month is Cooper Morody. Uh, he is uh, out of Bakersfield, the Bakersfield Condors. He had three goals and 10 assists in 13 games, um, finishing Bakersfield, finished January with eight consecutive wins. That's a pretty nice little uh, win streak they had going, and and uh, Cooper was also at the uh, the AHL um, All-Star Game. And then the CCM AHL Goaltender of the Month is Charlotte Checkers goaltender Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, who was 6-0-0 in seven appearances for Charlotte during January, allowing 12 mm. goals on 189 shots for a 1.78 goals against and a 937 save percentage with two shutouts. So, Nadelkovich continues to be a force. Uh, he was he was very good last year. He's continuing he's continuing that streak this year for sure. Um, one thing that I'm also going to mention there's a, there's another award winner for the month, um, Rick. That I think you'll enjoy hearing about. All right. Um, there is. In Ephesus AHL Graduate of the Month for January, and the American Hockey League announced today that Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets has been selected as this month's winner of that award. Um, he had eight goals and 12 points in 11 games in January for Winnipeg. Um, this is his second full season in the AHL at just 22 years old. Um, and this year he has totaled 22 goals and 20 assists in 52 games after leading all NHL rookies with 31 goals in the 17-18 campaign. So um, Eaton, the, the 
sponsor name there, the Ephesus AHL Graduate of Month. That's um, Eaton's LED sports lighting product line, the Ephesus LED sports product line. Uh, So they're acknowledging uh, an AHL Graduate of the Month, and this month it's Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. I like this award because it it provides – for AHL fans, it, it, it provides them a connection between uh, the AHL and the NHL to, uh, to show that, you know, success from one league um, to the next, uh, you know, does, does and, and all of the, the games that players have played in the AHL kind of mean something. Um, and and I, I do like the, the selection this month. Kyle Connor was one of the best rookies last year. Uh, great rookie season, and um, he's he's continued to be um, excellent again this season, and particularly with Patrick Lina having having um, kind of an inconsistent uh, run so far, um, he's he's been the 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 go-to person on that line, and mm-hmm. uh, has been great. So um, no, I like I like both. Excellent. Uh, there was a trade that happened today uh, between the Colorado Avalanche and the Ottawa Senators uh, at the AHL level. Um, Max McCormick uh, is heading to Colorado in exchange for forward J.C. Bodan. Um, so that's uh, notable for uh, Laval Rocket uh, fans, as Max McCormick is a pretty commonly known name against the division rival right down the road in Belleville. Um, so McCormick uh, now now heading to the Colorado Avalanche organization and uh, should be seeing J.C. Bodan uh, possibly this, uh, this weekend uh, because Laval will be, will be seeing Belleville this weekend. It's also a suspension that happened uh, yesterday. Um, there's a couple, there were a few suspensions this week, and I won't detail all of them, but the one yesterday uh, was handed out to Hershey Bears forward Nathan Walker uh, for one game for a kneeing incident that took place against Belleville uh, over the weekend. So he will miss tonight's game uh, at Springfield. And I mention this because um, if you have access to finding a clip of this hit, um, my goodness, it's a it's a scary hit. Um, Wolanin was one of the Belleville players who was at the All Star game, and Rick. I mean Nathan Walker just Wolanin does a complete flip in the air after yeah. after the contact to the knee, and just I have never seen a player writhe around on the ice in pain more than he did. Uh, it was spectacular uh in, in not in a good way uh the way he he was propelled in the air and and um well and he we we he was quite noticeable at the all-star game because he wore um he wore a toque uh the entire time that's right um and um um yeah nathan walker who you know his claim to fame. Um, he's from, I think he was born in Wales, but but he's an Australian-raised um, player or, or learned how to play hockey in in uh, Australia. And a couple of years ago, there was a, um, you know, when he was up with with Washington, uh, I, I think there was a tension when he he scored his first goal, the first Australian player to score in the National Hockey League. 
but this incident was uh, was just ugly, and and uh, um, I haven't heard about um, injury or how long the player is going to be out. But um, it it didn't look good at the time. No, it didn't. Um, and it certainly wasn't the only notable physical incident that took place on a sheet of ice in a hockey arena uh, <laughs> over the over this past weekend. Um, there was a, a university level um, incident that took place, Rick, uh, over the weekend. And you were the one that pointed me in the direction of the video. I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, that was, I don't even, is spectacle the right word? Yeah, I, yeah you could call it that. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, um, well, the, the name keeps changing. Um, it was CIAU, um, and then CIAU was uh, CIS hockey, and I think they just call it U-sports now, but... Um, in particular, the the Atlantic portion of of U Sports and and um, two um, um, successful teams in in university uh, hockey, men's university hockey, and two bitter rivals, um, uh, Saint uh, Francis Xavier X Men uh, mm-hmm. against the Acadia Axemen, um, and um, it it started as a um, I believe it was a five on three uh, situation and right off a face off that there was a line brawl and um, which you know there's some uh, uh, disparity in, in numbers there and <laughs> so the goalies came came in and then somehow the 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 um, fisticuffs. Uh, the players involved came pretty close to the benches and, um, and then um, the, uh, uh, the bench, the, it was at the uh, Acadia bench um, that it, um, that it boiled over. And the, you know, the, you can hear the broadcaster. (laughs) um, He said he's been covering uh, this level of hockey for 30 years. He's never seen anything like it. It was uh, all players uh, were involved. Uh, Coaches were involved, uh, screaming at each other and standing on the boards and leaning over the glass. Um, The the referees were kind of standing back and, and making notes and taking names. The linesmen were, of course, overwhelmed. Um, The, um, the most, um, telling uh, a video it comes from a, a, a fan. It's it's the, it's a fan video from behind the bench, and it's it's particularly revealing uh, as far as the the punches, the 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 language, the the yelling that was going back and forth, and um, the the hockey noon the hockey at noon crew. Um, um, Nick Kiprios and, and, and Colby Armstrong, are, you know, they're oh, old time hockey and, and all that sort of thing. And, and uh, during the game that um, eight players from St. FX were ejected five from, from Acadia and both coaches got ejected. Uh, from mm-hmm. the um, so there, was, there wasn't much left. I think the game ended six, three. Um, there wasn't much left uh, to, to end the game. Um, and of course 
you know, we're expecting uh, there to be sub- suspensions and, and the suspensions. Oh, there were, were a couple. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe you can kind of. <laughs> uh, well, as, as Darren Millard kindly put it together, um, 15 players total hit with 35 total suspend games suspended, both coaches, two games of suspension each. Um, both teams likely will need to forfeit the next game uh, because they don't have enough players. <laughs> um, yeah, there's one guy for, for the X-Men, Aaron Hoyles, who got five games total. Uh, he got leaving the bench during a fight, which is two games, third man into a fight, which is two games. And also this is his second game misconduct in the same season, which automatically earns him a game as well. So five games in total for him. Um Darren Burns, the head coach of the Acadia Axemen, got a game misconduct, which gets him one game suspension, and was first player leaving the bench, um, <laughs> which okay. gets him a one game suspension. So it wasn't one of his players. It was the coach who was the first player leaving the bench. Um, but Brad Peddle, who's the head coach of the X-Men, his two games came because, okay, he got the game misconduct, which is one game. And this is his second game misconduct in the same season, which earns him another game suspension. So Brad Peddle apparently is pretty familiar with such proceedings. Um, I highly recommend it. There are, as, as Rick kindly pointed out to me, there are two different versions of the video that you can Google. Um, there is the, the game footage, which is kind of the, the typical just seeing the whole thing happen from the penalty box side of the ice. And then there's the, the fan video. There was a fan standing immediately behind the bench and got the whole thing. Uh, make sure you don't have small children around because the profanity is pretty extensive. Um, yeah, it's, it was not pretty. Um, you know, there's, there's speculation now coming out, Rick, of course, that, um, that this has been something that's been simmering for quite a while. Um, there are allegations that one of the students uh, is one of one of the one of the hockey players is is a victim of sexual assault, and that players, a player or players on the other team, consistently kind of verbally abuse and harass this player, and that this was the result of nothing being done about that and tensions boiling over. Um, Acadia has denied that, uh, this week. However, they probably 20 minutes before we started uh, recording today, they just put out an updated statement. It's kind of lengthy, so I won't read all of it, but, um, I will read portions of it. It's, it says, you know, Acadia acknowledges that one of our student athletes made an inappropriate comment containing a particular word to a St. FX student athlete during the third period of Saturday's game. Uh, the Acadia student athlete admitted and took responsibility immediately after the game and extended an apology. Um, but Acadia disputes that the comment was made deliberately or that it was made with the intent and in the context in which it has been portrayed in mainstream and social media. Um, so they are currently, I guess, Acadia and Santa Fe are, are together are launching a full investigation onto this. Acadia continues by saying, furthermore, reports that inappropriate comments are an ongoing on-ice issue are inaccurate, and we, we feel compelled to set the record straight. 
And so they lay this out. They say, two years ago, Sanifex brought to Acadia's attention that it believed inappropriate comments were made to a Sanifex player on the ice. They were dealt with at that time, and there have been no such incidents since then. Those earlier incidents occurred before the Acadia student-athlete involved in Saturday's incident, incident joined its hockey program. So, I mean, they're, like, really laying all of this out. Um, and they go on so to talk let's, about... Let's be, before you get too far down, let's back up and, and kind of sure. uh, correct and clarify a couple of things. First of all, um, the, the the allegation is that... that that the victim was not on the ice, um, but it was pertaining to the, the shaming of a sexual assault survivor. Um, and, and the player, um, um, who made the, the, uh, who, who was the, the, the recipient of these, these, uh, comments, um, and who made the allegation is Sam Sudnika and, and, um, um, if if that name is familiar to you uh it Mm -hmm. should be his it was his brother jack um who uh was part of team canada um at the the recent uh, world juniors and and um oshawa general went to the world juniors played really well um and then was after the tournament was traded to uh the ice dogs well, this is his older brother, um, who also played junior hockey. And as many of the, the, the university uh, hockey athletes have, they graduate and they stay in university to finish their degree, and then they play university hockey. Um, so it's Sam who's saying, who made the, the uh, allegation that this has been happening for three years, that there were derogatory ta- comments made during the game. Um, and then... Um, that Sam says he was shocked when the offending uh, athlete who is alleged to have made these comments was sent out by the coach to take the face off against him. Uh, And that's when it all boiled over uh, right then and there. And um, uh, you know, uh, these aren't, these aren't, uh, uh, these coaches have been uh, both of them uh, in the programs for for a long time. Um, uh, Brad Peddle um, um, has been at Saint FX since uh, 2005, um, and uh, Darren Burns has been with Acadia uh, as an assistant coach first, and and then as the head coach since. So these these, these two head coaches know the history. They they know the you know um, what's been boiling over for the past few years and and so I think um, you know that's the that's the issue that's that's uh, uh, we we saw playing out in the fan video from behind where the two coaches were going at it and making mm-hmm. accusations and counter accusations um, but that that. Uh, you know, uh, rightly so. They had the the um, ability to control this and and um, and didn't, and it it really exploded. Well, and quite frankly, when I was watching the video, I I noted that the refs, some of the refs, were literally just standing there watching, uh, mm-hmm. instead of trying to to get in and 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 break this up before it continued to get worse. Which I I was a little troubled to see that. Um, Acadia's statement does finish by saying that Acadia and Sanifex are working together to address the events and they will be making a joint statement 
at an appropriate time in the future. So it sounds like this saga is going to continue. Uh, it certainly has caught um, a bit of national attention, um, and I'm sure we haven't heard the last of, of this incident, but whew. And and AUS, the the Atlantic University Sport, which is the governing body, they're going to be under the microscope here as well because of because of those undercurrents and and uh, yeah, I I think this is going to be talked about a fair bit over the next uh, coming weeks. I definitely agree with you. Uh, on that note, we are going to take one last quick break, uh, and on the other side of this break, we will come back and tell you what to expect from the Rocket Sports Media crew this week as hockey season continues. So don't go away. We'll be right back. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations, it's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Well, it's another week. As we said at the top of the show, Rick, uh, the Rocket uh, kicked off things after the All-Star break. Not probably the way that they would have liked to, dropping both games, getting shut out in back-to-back games. I mean, that's, whew, that's rough. Not only losing, losing to Toronto twice in two days, but shut out both times too. Um, whew, not easy. Um, and they've got Marley. two more. Go ahead. Yeah, the Marlies are 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 obviously um um one of their uh, major rivals, but they'll they'll have a chance to um um get back on the winning way with with another rival, a, a team that they see uh 12 times a year and, and more when you count the preseason um, mm-hmm. when they do a a home and home series with Belleville this weekend. Absolutely. So they'll start at home in Laval on Friday night. Our own Chris G will be at Plus Bell uh, covering that game live and will bring us uh, post-game audio as well. And then the team will hop on the bus and head out to Belleville to play the team again, this time on the road, um, out in Belleville, Ontario on Saturday. So, uh, And uh, I will have uh, all the coverage of that game. Um, and of course the best way to follow along with all of our Laval rocket and Lehigh Valley phantoms coverage is to follow us on Twitter. And the place to find us on Twitter would be at the AHL report. 
And there you'll get live in-game updates. You'll get all of the links to game recaps and videos and interviews and all sorts of good information. Um, of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Rick, you can find over at All Habs on Twitter. Um, be sure to follow along uh, with him as well. And and feel free to uh, reach out. And uh, if you have a question or comment or anything like that, feel free to interact with with us on social media. Uh, we're always happy to hear from uh, fans and listeners and followers. And uh, Rick, in addition to that, Facebook, Instagram, you mentioned YouTube. There's lots of ways for folks to find us and lots of ways for them to listen to us as well. For sure. Uh, we have four podcasts, uh, all, all different. I'll take a different perspective of things, all great. Uh, and you should, um, uh, and in your favorite podcast uh, platform, uh, just search for Rocket Sports Radio, uh, and um, and you can listen to the the very latest episode. There's one that's coming out, um, you know, every second day, and and including this from the Press Box uh, podcast. We love it. Uh, thanks so much for joining us again this week. Uh, be sure to tune in for our Laval Rocket coverage against the Belleville Senators Friday and Saturday. Uh, and until then, Rick, thanks so much for being here. Um, I guess it's time to go get some frozen yogurt. Yay. Enjoy your fettuccine Alfredo tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna really, I'm gonna have to go back out to the grocery store just to finish getting the ingredients so that I can make it for sure. All of you at home, hope you enjoy your week as well. Enjoy all of the hockey, and we will see you right back here again next week, next Tuesday here on the AHL report for another great episode of from the press box. Have a great week. Bye-bye.